I was going to mention it last week how much you love Jordan Peterson because we we had a big discussion before we started recording last week right. about how much you love Jordan Peterson and I was right. saying like actually Rory he's really problematic and mm. he doesn't have actual research backing up his views yeah and, it's just a new lane new laneway for me new avenue exploring new territory usually what people find most problematic about me is not hopping on board the Harry Styles train mm. but I, I still think we need to figure out this whole issue with you being a massive fan of Jordan Peterson and how problematic he is as a figure and you know how manipulative he is with his words as well and yeah. we just need to figure that out for you you know there's a safe space mm-hmm. we all go through our things yeah. at different times you're going through something right now obviously mm. as long as you don't say up yours woke moralists <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> we'll be fine yeah you know I just Love being part of a community of incel women hating virgin frigates. I understand that there is a community element to that. Yeah. But also there's a lot of sexism within that too. So we just need to, we need to let you figure that out without actually hurting anybody. Oh, you, you assume that just because I would, I don't know, view women as less (laughs) than men that I would hurt them. Yeah. No. This is all going in the cold open, by the way. I can tell. (laughs) Hello and welcome to We Don't Have the Rights. Yay! Here we are. I'm Conal McGonagon. I'm Rory Egan. Episode 5, baby. Episode 5. Episode 5. And of course, this is a very special episode for you as well, Rory, because if I've done my maths correctly, this is your 100th episode. Yes. (laughs) Okay, cool. Because I was away for a bit and then you recorded a bunch of episodes. Yeah, I really picked up the slack. (laughs) You'll be releasing those all soon, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, in the next like week or two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. As as long as they're coming out. I did a 10-part series about every single track of the 10 tracks on Calvin Harris' Funkwave Bounces, Volume 1. Lovely. Okay, 10 episodes about Slide, 10 episodes about Feels, 10 episodes about Rolling, and all the nice. other lads. Okay, so that's 30 episodes there, and the other... That's 30, and the other 70 are about the seven other songs. Okay, cool. So wait, hang on. If you didn't know the 70, then you've done more than 100 episodes. Because we did a few episodes together. It all gets lost somewhere. Are you telling me that I missed your 100th episode? I'm really disappointed if I missed your one. No, hang on. Can we release this as your 100th episode at least? There comes a time in life when... I don't even know where I'm going with this. I thought you were going to say that when a man and a a woman love each other very much. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to We Don't Have the Rights. Welcome to We Don't Have the Rights. How are we doing? This is an interactive experience here. So when I say how are we doing, just remember our listeners... When I say that, you're free to answer back and tell us how you're doing. Yes, this okay. is an ask the audience. So you have to say A, good, B, could be better, C, I need a coffee, and D, I need to listen to Jordan Peterson. <laughs> and of course, there are more complicated answers within that as well. So yeah, we'll but you get four colours mm. to correspond with four letters and four answers. So we want to know which of those you're feeling right now. Yeah, and just so you know, we're not going to leave a blank space in here for you to have your answer. So just make sure that you pause the podcast, give your answer, and then resume the podcast. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Okay, so pause the podcast here. Tell us how you're doing. Yeah. 
and welcome back to We Don't Have the Rights. Yay! <laughs> We're getting into hot and fresh news. So hot and so fresh. Beep, 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 beep. Wait, we're putting it in the microwave? I mean, we don't really need to put it in the microwave. Ding! We don't really need to put it in the microwave this week, though. What, because Mother Nature's so hot or something? No, because it's already hot and fresh. You know, you only put news in the microwave. This is getting into mansplained territory now. No, no, if it's old news and you need to reheat it, then you put it into the microwave. We have some new music in the hot and fresh <laughs> news, don't we, Connell? We do! Woo! We got some new singles. We do, don't yeah. we? We have Calvin Harris from Funk Wave Bounces Volume 2, Ooh. Stay With Me, Justin Timberlake, Halsey and Pharrell on vocals. Yes. What did you think of this one? Quite funky. I don't know if it would be exactly up my alley, but I can see myself getting into it with time because... The first single off this album, Potion, with Dua Lipa and Young Thug, came out in the end of May. So we've had it for nearly two months, and it took me a while to get into it. I only got into it, like, yesterday. Mm. And I've heard it kind of here and there on the radio and stuff like that, but something just wasn't hitting for me. And then it just hit yesterday, and I love it now. So I can see myself doing that with Stay With Me. Yeah, I listened to Stay With Me for the first time last night, and the sound is really funky behind it. But the lyrics seem a bit disjointed. And the fact that it's three of them, I was kind of thinking, is it too many cooks? Mm. That said, I've only listened to the song twice. Yeah. So, so it might, might get better as you, you listen more. And it might age like Funkwave Bounces Volume 1. Yes. Because, I mean, could. especially the lead single, Slide, with Frank Ocean and Migos. I said a few weeks ago, I was talking about, like, Golden Era Katy Perry. And I said, that is one of the most, like positively safe songs you can put on and when I say positively safe it's safe without being overplayed you don't hear her all the time and Slide is another one of those songs it's one of those songs that always gets a good reaction when you put it on but it's not Dancing Queen Yeah, and I love Dancing Queen but it's like do I have to hear it on every night out and every car drive that sort of thing I still quite like Dancing Queen I still love it because it is a classic and the whole thing about Calvin Harris is that he comes up with funky songs but I don't consider any of them to be classics Yeah, in that sense that you might know the lyrics to some of them, but they don't have the same staying power that I think something like Dancing Queen would have. Yeah. That being said, I still consider Slide to be one of the most positively safe songs that you can put on a playlist. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, slow, I'm slowly trying to build up a playlist of songs like that because it's one that's a slow burner. It's hard to build. I've th- like three criteria. It has to be a song that is like universally liked and universally known but that you don't hear too often and it's hard to find that intersection so I've heard you use the word safe before with songs and I know what you mean that if you put it on people will be happy and they'll know the lyrics and they'll dance and sing along to it however if these are the safe songs what songs would you put on your playlist that you would consider dangerous okay one that I considered dangerous but had a very good effect and any of my Gaelga friends listening to this right now will know exactly the story of this. I was going to fail in a galley a few weeks ago and in the car on the way down I was in the passenger seat so I was put on Spotify duty for car music and I was queuing my crowd pleaser songs. Again, songs like Slide, songs like About You Now by the Sugar Babes. These are songs that are tried and tested. Starstruck 303. Oh, you know? I forgot about that one. Exactly, exactly. That's the essence of it. Um, And I put on a song by Carly Rae Jepsen called Run Away With Me. 
it's a fan favourite amongst fans. It has a cult following as a song, but it's not that well known in general as a Carly Rae Jepsen song. People think of, obviously, Call Me Maybe. They think of El City, Good Time. They think of I Really, 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 Really Like You. But Run Away With Me has that sort of cult following. And so I put it on and it has this hook in the chorus where like a big gang vocal screams, Run Away With Me. And so I just got the three of them in the car singing it. And somehow it spiraled into us playing it seven times a day, every day in the campsite. I was woken to it Brilliant. every single morning. And now, shout out to Enyanee Vrashlon. Anytime she sees something related to Run Away With Me on TikTok, she sends it to me in the DMs. Brilliant. Even though she wasn't even staying on the campsite. But somehow we played it that much that it vibed its way out. But yeah, that's, that's just a good example of yeah. one that hit right but was a risk. Also in our singles, mm-hmm. we have Irrelevant yes, by Pink. by Pink. Pink is one of those artists that somehow I always keep forgetting about. I have so much respect for her and I love her songs, but for some reason I keep forgetting to listen to them. So every mm-hmm. so often I'll remember a song of hers and I will go through her whole discography and be like, this is so, so, so good. It's great to have something different and she's a great role model for kids especially girls and like I mean she sold out the RDS like the stadium a few years ago mm. I think 2019 it was and I had FOMO on the bus because my bus was going near the RDS and I was like to be honest even though I don't listen to Pink as much as I should I wish I was there tonight so she has a new single Irrelevant which I'm assuming from the lyrics is taking a, a jab at the Supreme Court of America for reversing Roe v. Wade it is yeah I like the song and it's it sounds classic Pink. My first memory of Pink. Well, it's not necessarily my first memory of Pink, but one of my earlier memories of Pink because I remember knowing the song So What and sixth class in primary school. I remember going from one place to another for a birthday party mm-hmm. and there were a bunch of us in the car, two different songs played that all of us screamed our hearts out to, which were Black and Gold. I can't oh, yeah. remember who sang Sam Sparrow. Sam Sparrow and the other one was So Hot by Pink and we were belting it out in the car so yeah that's one of my earliest memories of Pink yeah belting So Hot oh yeah as loud as possible it's such well it's just the perfect rager it is yeah we love you Pink go on Pink yeah we go on to the album review yes we will our album this week is Special by Lizzo you which was released last Friday yes it was what do we think of it overall bit meh really yeah i know this is a common complaint to have but it it got a bit samey <laughs> I, I feel like there's only a certain amount of ways that you can say feel good about yourself <laughs> in one album and have it feel fresh i know i might to some people in my i might seem like one to talk as a big pop music person but sometimes it just gets too simple that being said when it shines it shines it really does i really like this album Mm. to be honest so we're kind of on opposite ends here this is not what you would expect from a conversation like this <laughs> I know because normally you're the big pop person and yeah. I'm not so I loved this album so much and yes there were parts of it that got samey but it was short enough that I didn't really mind that all that much like mm. it, it was 35 minutes long in total and as well as that with 12 songs they were all quite short songs they only came yeah. in around about 2 to 3 minutes each there was no really long four or five minute one so all the songs while some of them did sound similar they were to the point in terms of their messaging 
Yeah. So I appreciated that with the lyrics. As well as that, this is what I would call a love album, I guess, but it expresses different kinds of love. There's romantic love, there's platonic love, and there is self-love. Mm. And that's the whole feel-good element of it is that self-love. And it's realizing self-love through the other forms of love as well. So I really liked that because I love a good self-love song <laughs> and I love a good self-love album. Through all the songs, I think there were only two that I didn't really like. Which ones were they? I'll actually, I'll start with the one that I sort of didn't like and then I'll go to the one that I really didn't like. The one that I sort of didn't like was the last one, Coldplay. I, thought I this quite was, like this one. I thought it was such a weak way to finish off the album. Like it was fine, just in comparison to every other song that was there. I was expecting a bit more of going out with a bang or at least if you're doing something soft to have it more powerful in the lyrics. I thought that the Coldplay lyrics within it, the squeaky voice just sort that of That did feel a me. bit weird, yeah. It felt very strange. The beat under it was sort of catchy at times and the I don't think that I could, that lyric echoing a bit was cool. It's, like I said, it's grand as a song but it's just not the strongest finish. And then the one that I liked the least I thought it was definitely the weakest song in the album was Girls I quite liked Girls I thought that the beat was fine and in places the lyrics were alright I liked the sample of the Beastie Boys yeah that was nice in the lyrics it just got a bit messy CEOs CEOs <laughs> like okay there is a comedic element to that however when people are talking about female empowerment I fully support female impairment. I don't like capitalism at all. So <laughs> the idea of, you know, girl boss CEO empowerment just annoys me so much. So when people start saying like, yeah, female empowerment, make more female CEOs. No, that's not how you do it. You, you have to dismantle capitalism. I don't know. Like I did run to think initially this isn't anything new, but then... I remembered like how much shit girls have to put up with in their life. And yeah. I was like, having something feel good, celebrating them, I suppose, should be a good thing. And I feel like this'll this'll get a lot of girls happy. <laughs> I mean it it would, but also But I think one more chorus could have worked. I felt like it just ended very suddenly. Yeah. It would have felt more complete with another chorus it at did the end. end quite suddenly. But the CEO's line and then the Lorena Bobbitt reference. I don't know if you yes. know who Lorena Bobbitt is. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know. Oh boy. Lorena Bobbitt cut off a man's penis. I think. I think Because he was, was a dom- he, he domestically abused her. Yeah. I don't know if I worded that correctly, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And I don't have the full details of that in terms of the domestic abuse case. But Lorena Bobbitt is brought up more as like a. Yeah, let's empower yeah. women by cutting off men's penises. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's just, no. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a bit of fun. Uh, I thought it was just a little bit too silly, to be honest. That there It's were... a Lizzo album. What were you expecting? No, but there are other parts of this album that have comedic elements to it that I think are much better. And then as well as that, I don't know if you know... This song was edited. There was another yes, line I in do, it. Yes, I do know about this. Because yeah. there was an Ableist line that was removed. Yeah, she re-released it like three days later. Yeah. So she dealt with it very quickly and she put her hands up. So Yeah, so all respect to that. Obviously, shouldn't have used that word in the yeah. first place, but I am glad that she just removed it very quickly. So yeah. and didn't get that. defensive. Like Yeah, like you said, put her hands up and said, sorry, didn't mean to do that. 
didn't fully understand it, I guess. Yeah. And just fixed it straight yeah. away. So really appreciate that. Like I said, though, to me, that was the weakest song on the album. Hmm. The sign, upbeat, feel-good lyrics, great yes. way to start off an album. Opens addressing the pandemic. About Damn Time has obviously been out for quite a while. It's been huge on social media, especially TikTok. Hey, if you want a, want a cheesy line here for to clip of the podcast later, when Lizzo released this album, I was thinking, hey, it's about damn time she released this album, am I right? Because that single's been out since April. Oh, oh! <laughs> we got a knee slapper right there. <laughs> we got a little rib jabber there. <laughs> anyway, about damn time's been out for quite a while, so... But I'd never consciously listened to it. I'd heard the clip on TikTok and I think I'd heard it in passing on radio loads of times, but it yeah. wasn't until I sat down to listen to the album that I actually really was listening to the song. And oh boy, I feel happy listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I had listened to the single before a little while back because I had heard it on social media and I was thinking, this is really catchy. I wanted to get the song in its fullest because I'd only heard bits of it yeah. as you do from social media. So I wanted to listen to it the full way through. And yeah, it's still funky and it's still really high in the charts, even it coming up number to the two album release. In yeah, the so US. It reached number two originally, but I think it's at 13 yeah. on Spotify I now. think it was held back from number one by, as it was by Harry Styles, I'm guessing. As it was by Harry Styles, plus Running Up That Hill. Running Up That Hill didn't get to number one in America, I don't think. It got to number one here and yeah. in the UK. But Running Up That Hill has been up there with it for a while. Um, yeah, and again, I think Spotify have it as number one global at the minute. Yeah, it's definitely one of them. Also, Bad Bunny, some of his songs have been doing really well in the charts. He's one of the biggest artists in the world that we yeah. hear nothing about here. <laughs> Yeah, and... Uh, He's I, one of the uh, biggest artists on Spotify. He is. And I was looking at that, that I think five or six of the songs from On Verano Sinti have made it into the top 10, mm. as, far as, I'm, uh, as far as I'm aware, or at least the top 15. He's just doing really well with that album. Obviously, the lyrics are all in, I'm going to say Spanish. They don't necessarily translate here in Ireland, so I guess mm. they're not as popular here. Very catchy as an album. It's just that because the lyrics aren't in English, that it is a little bit harder to reach... Yeah, higher here in the charts anyway and she Lizzo is famous for playing the flute and she's credited with the flute on About Damn Time oh I didn't know that yeah that's cool what else something I noticed by track 7 Break Up Twice she did it with Mark Ronson it interpolates Lauren Hill's doo-wop her use of repetition in the chorus I didn't actually take it down in the six songs leading up to this one, but I think the fact that I noted it at this point means she did it a few times. It just doesn't seem to hit like other artists. There's good ways of using repetition and saying the same thing, because she says, you know you better. I think like three times in a row in the chorus of Break Up Twice. And there's other artists, like the two that sprung to my head initially were The Weeknd and Charlie XCX, because... I remember when I first started getting into the weekend stuff, it was when I was going to see him live, I saw him on the Starboy tour, and I remember I wanted to learn the songs as much as I could, and so I started writing down lyrics for things, I, I don't think I had internet to like look up the lyrics, and I noticed that a lot of his songs, especially choruses, said the same line over and over again. There's songs like Save Your Tears, which I know is post-Starboy, but there's Six Feet Under, there's Secrets, I Feel Like Coming, Party Monster, and I don't know, there's something about the repetition in his choruses. Maybe he just uses better lyrics or something, but it seems to hit really well. And then with Charlie, it's because I think she works with so many Swedish people that analyse the sound of the syllables of the words before the meaning of the words that it just sounds so good. You've got Unlocka, you've got I Gotta, you've got Claws, you've got Focus. 
And those are all things that use a gargantuan amount of repetition, but it hits and it mm. works and it just is satisfying to the ear. But there's something about the use of repetition in these songs on special that I paused break up twice during verse two and I went out a big weekend rabbit hole. <laughs> so I started listening back to all his old songs that I really loved. And it just, it feels a bit like, oh, there's a line. I oh, will just say it a few more times as opposed to writing something new and adding some variation. And I think that was something that kind of held back some of the songs on this album that I felt like had great potential, but weren't executed to that potential. I get what you mean, but I think part of that too is that a lot of those songs at The Weeknd or Charlie have a drop in the chorus, especially The Weeknd, maybe mm. not as much with Charlie, but something like Can't Feel My Face. Part of the reason that Can't Feel My Face hits really well is because of that drop. There isn't a drop here with Lizzo, but I don't mind that. I think you don't necessarily need that drop in every song. No, you don't. As well as that, Lizzo, I find, is a little bit more creative with her vocals because she expresses her range a little bit more yeah. within the chorus. And that is a little bit harder to sing along to, maybe. I don't mind it in terms of listening to it. I, I find just having it in my ears is actually quite nice. Interesting. One I thing- also think, sorry, just with that song, the line about putting up with your Gemini shit, I thought <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good use of, of humour within the song that yeah. I think hits a lot better than perhaps Girls does. Yeah. Actually, I noted it in special before, now that I look back, because I wrote, you know, when you hear a word so many times that it goes weird, I feel like that with the word special. I just heard it so many times in that one song that it went a bit weird. I didn't find that. I I found that that song was quite sweet, actually. I still thought it was kind of sweet, but that there was, it had more potential. One thing that I did find funny in relation to your Gemini shit is in I Love You Bitch, and I read about it. Now, again, I still think this song had more potential. I think she might have said, I love you, bitch, too many times on repeat. The fact that she said she wanted to write a universal love song, one that could be sent to, she said, the person you're fucking, your best friend or your family at a bar, before proceeding to say, I want to text you these fire nudies in verse one. <laughs> Look, you to know, your family, yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe not to your family. You can send nudes to a friend. That's fine. <laughs> There's something so comical about having such a heartfelt melody and a slow tempo for Lizzo. Mm. Pun intended. I have friends who really like her song Tempo. But she's saying, I love you, bitch. It reminded me of the vine from a good few years ago. Yeah, me too. Man with the guitar. <laughs> I love you, bitch. <laughs> I ever no, gonna stop loving, loving you, bitch. R.I.P. <laughs> vine. R.I.P. Vine. You were the best. Ripping pieces. I find that most of the songs that some of my notes are quite similar, but I still really liked them. But there are a few that stood out. To be loved. Am I ready? I really like the lyrics in this, especially that line, how am I supposed to love somebody else when I don't like myself? And it reminded me of a line by a friend of mine, Rebecca Locke, who I will be talking about later because I'll be mentioning Indigo Sessions Mm -hmm. in our gigs. And one of their lyrics that I really liked, which is just a spoken lyric in the song Manic Energy. My therapist told me I need to love myself before I love anyone else, but that's bullshit. I've spent my entire life loving other people. Look at where that's got me. Oh, nice. What's loving myself going to do? I think I've I've seen this song live. Oh, they're fantastic. I really enjoyed it. They're um, absolutely brilliant. I did like the inclusion of a key change in To Be Loved towards the end. It's very good. Don't hear a key change too often halfway through a song. So when it's done right, it's very enjoyable. I thought Everybody's Gay was a bit of fun. 
it wasn't amazing. I felt like it should have exploded so much sooner than the final chorus. Yeah, I got you. The slow flow of the lyrics just didn't suit how fast-paced the track is. On a comical note, hearing an American say, meet me in the loo, feels very weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I do like the the high-pitched guitar shred right at the end. Yes, I really like that. I thought as well, Naked. Again, it's expressing a different kind of self-love, which is physical self-love. It was a nice break from the dance anthems. It just slowed things down Mm. a bit. Also people will absolutely have sex to this song. Yeah, they will. In the same way that people have sex to D'Angelo. Fair play to you, Lizzo. You're going to get, get some listens there. Yeah. You're going to get some streams on that one. What else was there? Oh, Birthday Girl, which was really nice platonic love song, funky, upbeat, and I thought this should have replaced Girls. I thought that this I really been... did not like this song. Oh, I really did. I was just so bored. <laughs> no, I really liked it. And I, like I said, I think it could have replaced Girls. I think he could have removed Girls entirely. No, and just put I'm fighting girl. for Girls. No. I I just think that this was so much better. Again, funky, upbeat, better put on a club song. And it was just a lot sweeter and actually about loving other people. Anyway. Agree to disagree. And then the song If You Love Me, which is the, the last one that I haven't mentioned, she kind of admits that she doesn't fully understands love but she gives her own interpretation of it as well I like it soft relaxing still a feel good song yeah so yeah she also said it's calling for respect for black women in general because she said that people will respect her in her own words as a big black woman because she's Lizzo but she said if I wasn't Lizzo you probably wouldn't respect me yeah and she's like if you love me if you love me Lizzo you should love the other black women that way mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I'll power to her yeah so what else do we have Warning Music Ireland commissioned a big mural just off South William Street of Lizzo to commemorate the album oh very nice across from the Metro Cafe Lovely. I saw it at the weekend it's very nice mm. yeah also isn't I think I said this a few weeks ago Lizzo is contributing to some funds to help abortion rights basically yes yes he did yeah so fair play to her yeah she's doing well yeah so I don't know overall I think being able to find the beauty in simplicity can take 10,000 hours of work for you to go right back to the first thing you said but this album feels like it's stuck at 6,000 I I understand where you're coming from but I just don't agree with it I thought it was simple in a good way to me Mm. and like I said it was to the point the songs were nice and short, 35 minutes in total for the album. So there was no fluff on this at all to me. And I really appreciated that. Okay. Will we move on to gigs and festivals? Yes, we will. Do you have any gigs and festivals news? I did watch a live stream of the opening night of Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball because I'm going to it next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was it? It was fun. I mean, it was taken by someone in the crowd. So mm. it wasn't professional. But I was like, I want to get the gist of the show. You were telling me earlier as well that it wasn't, in classic Lady Gaga fashion, that it wasn't what you'd expect from her opening. Yeah, it was the opposite of what everyone thought she was going to do. And she has expressed that she enjoys doing this to an extent. There's actually a scene in her Netflix movie, Five Foot Two, where she has just landed the Super Bowl and she's having a meeting at her house with all the NFL team. And she says to herself, she says, I want to do the opposite of what everyone thinks I'm going to do. They think I'm going to come out there on a throne 
in a meat dress with unicorns and 90 shirtless men and right at the end I'm going to turn around and like rip something of my clothing off and I'm going to do something shocking that's going to freak everyone out but that's not in the neighbourhood of what we're going to do Mm. and she kind of did that with this because it's a very dance inspired album but it tackles very dark things it's a big like mental health album and so she had a stage that is inspired by brutalist architecture Mm. so it looks like concrete is that the same stage that you're going to be seeing next week yes same tour there's a few songs that I would have swapped around there's a few songs that didn't make it onto the set list that I would have liked but you're always going to get that it was a really good show she is back doing pop music again because for a long time it's almost been a a running joke in the fan base that she just forgot about this album and didn't want to acknowledge it anymore and I was getting a bit bothered by that too as well I'm like yes you released it in the middle of a pandemic right you can sort of forget about it but the fact that she was still doing a million ads for her own makeup line I was like okay it's not just that you're taking time offline you can still push all this makeup at us but won't push your music which is why I'm listening to you or why I follow you on social media why I bought a ticket so to see her doing her pop music thing again really really good she is without a doubt one of the best vocalists we have in the world and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise yeah she's clearly spent a lot of time rehearsing it was a really really good show although she did close the show on Hold My Hand which is the song that she wrote for the new Top Gun movie I'm not a fan of that song Mm. it's a bit like you know like Shallow she did sing I love Shallow it's a bit like if Shallow was like diluted would have liked if she had actually finished the show on like Rain On Me her biggest hit from that album the one that everyone knows the one that's going to get the crowd going mental she did kind of end on it but like the encore was Hold My Hand I was debating whether she'd put it in the set list or not the fans are very clear about what songs they want and that they don't want and Hold My Hand has been one of those songs that the fans don't want (laughs) so you're going to this is that a week from Friday? Uh, I'm going to London a week from Friday and the show will be on the Saturday she's doing two shows in London and I'm very scared that Ariana Grande is going to turn up as a surprise to sing Rain On Me but that it will be for the other night oh yeah. You know, would that be sorry? Sorry, are you going the second night or the first night? The second night. I'm assuming because usually when people show up for that kind of thing, I've seen them be a surprise on the first night, and then everybody knows that they're going to be there again on the second night. Yeah. So I'm guessing if she was there on the first night, that she'd be there on the second night too. Yeah, I don't know. Not even to be like, haha, we got Ariana Grande and you didn't, but I would just love the shock of it. Yeah. The surprise of it. Yeah people are also she did a remix version of that album last year mm. and she had every single song remixed by someone and a lot of them have features so a lot of people are wondering will the people who did the features show up so she had like Rina Sawayama on one song she had Charlie on another song those are probably the two that most pe- people paid most attention to um, people oh, are also really? wondering she has a song with Elton John on the album but it's not in the set list okay gorillas do that a lot as well yeah so I would I would love if you know Ariana just turned up for that song yeah that would be very nice and everyone in the crowd on the pitch has a wristband that lights up Mm. hopefully she does obviously we'll be recording another episode before then but for your sake I hope she does show up yes Uh, on to you (laughs) on to my own gigs and festivals stuff I was at two gigs last week 
I went to Villagers mm-hmm. in the Ivy Gardens in Dublin. And Ivy Gardens is such a nice venue. I love it. It's so good. It's a great outdoor venue. And it's one of those places in Dublin that's hidden that a lot of people don't know it's there until they go to a gig. But people like to make TikToks about secret places in Dublin that you haven't heard of. <laughs> and it's just the fucking Ivy Gardens. Every single time the <laughs> Ivy Gardens. I've known about the Ivy Gardens for years. I think it's a stop gatekeeping. But I think it's just because <laughs> it's right beside Stephen's Green that people make a big deal out of it. Yeah, I guess so. And it's like, but it's, it's also, so close to this place that everyone goes. Mm. And also it's walled off because yeah. you have all the buildings around it. Yeah. yeah. So you went to Villagers. Went to Villagers. Great gig. Really mm. enjoyed it. Villages is one of those artists where I recognize a lot of the songs, but I don't know the names of them. Yes. And I'd be able to sing along to some of them. Anyway, Villages, really good. Really enjoyed it. And just a great atmosphere as well. It's quite relaxed because a lot of his songs are very relaxed. Mm -hmm. Just solid gig. Yeah. Pretty nice. The other gig that I was at on Friday night was Indigo Sessions. Mm-hmm which is a regular thing in the Workman's Club in Dublin. And I hadn't been to it in quite a while, but it's run by an old college friend of mine, Rebecca Locke, who I mentioned a short while ago. Yes. And is an artist themselves. They've been running Indigo Sessions for the last three years. And this was an anniversary session of Indigo Sessions. Had a great time. Nice. Really, really nice. After the gig was over, Fick ran another friend of ours, Ollie, went off to a different pub and I stayed with another few friends of mine who were still in Workman's and then I met up with Fikra and Ollie in McDonald's afterwards but on my way to McDonald's I was walking past the Norseman in Dublin and I found a pizza it was outside the pub it was on so you know the way that some of those pubs as outdoor tables they have barrels yeah so on one of those barrels wasn't near anybody because people were near the door and this was this was just a bit away from the crowd yes there was a near empty pint glass that had like a tiny little bit of a pint left and there was a pizza box with two half pizzas in it and I was looking at it thinking that why would somebody leave this here yeah nobody around and I waited for about two minutes and nobody came to claim the pizza and I touched it and it was cold I was thinking, clearly this pizza isn't wanted. Yeah. So I got a free pizza. Nice. <laughs> and I ate it on the way to McDonald's. Good. And I was walking past those guys who were holding signs for, uh, I'm going to use air quotes here, the Gentleman's Club mm. in Dublin. One of them saw me eating these two halves <laughs> of a pizza. I was just like, hey man, can I have a slice? And I, I said to him, do you know what? You can, but I will warn you, I just found this. <laughs> so I gave him and the other guy who was also on the side, I gave the two of them a slice each. Paying and, forward. <laughs> and made my way to McDonald's. I did not go to the gentleman's club myself. Oh. No, I didn't. I was, I, I'm not interested in going to the gentleman's club. Connell, did you listen to that thing I asked you to listen to? I did just before we started recording. <laughs> I wasn't going to throw you under the bus. You did it yourself. Yeah, I threw myself under the bus here. I I had a very busy week and I didn't get a chance to listen to it until just before we started recording. And I... I was here. And Rory was here and I asked, is it okay if we listen to it now? Yeah. Um, I thought the bass in a while... So, sorry. Very Sick first. Thoughts, Lewis Blissett. Yes. Sick Thoughts by Lewis Blissett. 
I thought the bass was very nice in it. I'm not a fan of the song in general, though, mm. I have to say. Sorry about that. I knew it'd be a challenge. Yeah, I, it just... The lyrics didn't really connect with me. Mm. I didn't feel anything to it. And then apart from the bass, the vocals I didn't think were massively creative in any way. It just felt a little bit too similar to a lot of other things that I've heard before that it it didn't connect with me as a song. Yeah. So I suppose yeah. what hit me about it was that like he was 15 when it came out. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, this is dark. <laughs> But also, it's like, you're only starting in your songwriting. So that's why I gave it some slack. That's fair. That's if he was like 23, 24 releasing it, I probably would be a bit more critical. Yeah. Yeah. And what age is he now? I want to say like 18, 19, something like that. Okay. Because it came out in 2019. Does he have a lot of, a lot more out? He's now? only done one other song since and then he kind of dipped. Okay. I think he had a lot of personal issues. Okay. To deal with. But he had another song and that's way darker. <laughs> okay. I can't even listen to it in full. But we're not expecting an album or anything like that at any point soon. No. Those okay. two songs were meant to be part of an EP. But then I think just as time went on and especially how like fast things progress as a teenager, he was like, oh, the songs I'm writing now are very different and Sick Thoughts and the other song Killing Butterflies don't really reflect what I'm writing now. I still stand behind them, but they probably just wouldn't fit in with what I'm doing now for this EP. That happens to a lot of artists came. that sometimes you write something and then you reach a different stage in life and even your own song doesn't fully connect with you at yeah. some point, which I completely understand. I know one of my favorite artists, Ron Gallo, had that with, well, I'm guessing he had that with his original album, Ronnie, hmm. which I still really like. But a lot of it is about breaking up and not feeling like he's a part of the crowd and trying to realize himself, but also just generally not liking other people, <laughs> I guess. But it is still re a really good album and it sounds really good and yeah. the lyrics are quite creative in it. And you can still find the album on SoundCloud, but it's not on Spotify. It's been deleted from most of the streaming platforms. That's a bit extreme, I'd say. But which is a bit of an odd one. But it, like I said, you can still find it on SoundCloud if you look for it. He hasn't fully taken it out of his history because if you look at the album artwork for his, what I'm going to say is his first album after that, Heavy Meta, you can actually see images of the album cover for Ronnie in the background, which is his head but with a pizza in front of his face interesting and then like sunglasses on top of it and I think part of the reason that he left it behind as well was because when he moved towards heavy meta despite the fact that he kept the name Ron Gallo Ron Gallo now became the name of the band as well oh okay he actually joked about that the first time I ever saw him live was at Benny Kasim and he joked about that saying my name is Ron Gallo the band's name is also Ron Gallo <laughs> <laughs> I'm Florence and this is my machine <laughs> Sorry, I went down a rabbit hole. I don't know where we were. <laughs> I was going to say about not moving on with your writing. Because there is a line on a song in Solar Power by Lord. There's a song, it's called Stoned at the Nail Salon. Great title, first things first. Mm. But it's about time passing and growing up, blah, 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 blah. But there's, most of her songs have like one zinger line that all the fans scream at every show or they will just cling onto. And the, the line from Stoned at the Nail Salon is because all the music you loved at 16 you'll grow out of mm. and everyone was like what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> and they're like what but I grew up listening to your album Pure Heroin which 
which you made when you were 16 and I was 16 and I loved it. Does that mean I'm not supposed to like it anymore? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I wasn't that dramatic about it. I was mm. just reading online. But I was still interested in it. And she said, no, Pure Heroin is still the sickest fucking album of all time. Oh, yeah. But she was like, the meaning of it is that it's okay if the songs from Pure Heroin don't hit you in the same way that they did when you were 16. And I was like, okay, I can see that. I still will feel a lot of stuff of those songs, especially the fan favourite Ribs. That's a big one live. But I was like, okay, yeah, I don't have those feelings right now, but the song brings up those, like any of those feelings from that time. So she's like, yeah, you can still love and appreciate it, but you're not going to relate to it like with how you're feeling right now. You, You love it because you related to it back then and you still love it because you loved it back then and that's okay. And that's that's a really good marker for a song that you can listen to it at one point in your life and read one thing and then come back to it and either feel that same feeling that you had a couple of years ago, even though you don't necessarily have those feelings now, or take an entirely new reading of the song yes. as well. So that's always something that I really like about listening to stuff that I listened to a couple of years ago <laughs> that I realised that there's a lyric there that I didn't connect with in the way that I do now. Mm. My recommendation was Underwater Blues by Jeremy Loops. What did uh, you think? I enjoyed listening to it. I don't get it, mm. but I enjoyed listening to it. I was like, this definitely has escapism to it, but is it like suicidal? Does he want to drown? Is that... it? The lyrics feel a bit like defeated. Not in a sense that they're bad, in that he feels defeated. Yeah. Is what I'm getting from it. I really enjoy the instrumentation. Yeah, the instrumentation was really And it's nice. quite a relaxed sounding song. Mm. But I can tell he was not relaxed when he wrote it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you can tell he was quite stressed. Yeah. So I think I, I mentioned some of this last week that it was about a dream that he had where yeah. he was surrounded by sea creatures in the ocean mm. and they, they were pulling them all down. But then, so it wasn't, this, I don't think it was suicidal. I don't think it was quite that dark. It was, it was a dark song in parts. Yeah. But the ending of it, the, and now I'm brand new was this ability to reconnect with nature. Yeah. Because he thought that all these things were pulling him down, whereas in fact they were trying to get him to reconnect with all the the natural world around him. This is my reading of it anyway, that they were trying to get him to connect, to reconnect with all the natural world around him so that he could relax a bit more. So once he does say I'm brand new, it's sort of he's refreshed from having done that reconnection now. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's suicidal, but it is dark in parts, definitely. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Do you have a song for me for next week? Let me have a quick look, because I had a few ideas for things. I think I might recommend a Ron Gallo song to you, actually. Interesting. Since I've been, since I've been going on about him. Yeah, I will go with a Ron Gallo song. I will go with a song off Stardust Birthday Party. The song Do You Love Your Company, I found was very reminiscent of Talking Heads when I first listened to it. And I thought that, that was the sound that he's kind of moving into a bit more. Yeah. So I'm going to give you Do You Love Your Company. Okay. And I'm not going to say a huge amount about the lyrics, but just in terms of the sound, like I said, reminiscent of Talking Heads to me. Nice. Do you have a recommendation for me? I do. And I'm doing something different this week. Oh. Yeah. As of, of course, I do want to know whether you like the song or not, but I'm really giving you a test of friendship Oh. instead. So the song is called Jacques. I know because it's on the album Sunshine Kitty by 
Duvalu in Swedish, or Tovlo as we call her. It's a collab she did with the DJ Jax Jones, and it's a dance song. It's a fun song. I want you to figure out there are two lines in this song that I am head over heels for, that I love them so much, and there's something about them that are so good, and I want you to figure out which two lines it is. They're two lines that are beside each other, so it's not like two separate lines. lines. Okay. I was going to say one line, but then I was like, nah, that'd be... It'd be unfair to call it one line because it is kind of two lines. Okay. So I want you to figure out what song it is. It's it's basically just seeing how well Connell knows me. So Jack by Tovalo. And Jax Jones. And Jax Jones. So I will listen to that. And you have to listen to Do You Love Your Company by Ron Gallo. Yes. Lovely stuff. We will review those next week. Mm-hmm. Sponsor is if you're feeling real sweaty, do yourself a favor, change clothes. Yes. Yeah. And as well as that, if you want to get in touch, yes, you can. I'm gonna. I'm not just gonna say attach a letter to a, to a pigeon. Well, actually, no. I don't. I don't want you to hurt the pigeon. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the letter in the pigeon's mouth. Yeah. Right. Don't. Don't. Because uh, I. I've heard some of you saying like, do we staple it to the pigeon? No, do that's we not good. It to the pigeon. Mm, no, just just put the give the letter to the pigeon. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Put the letter in the pigeon's mouth and the pigeon will deliver it to us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And if you can't find a pigeon, if you're really stuck, then you can email us. We don't have the rights at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can DM us on Twitter or Instagram. Twitter, we are at No Rights Podcast. Instagram, we are We Don't Have the Rights. And TikTok. And TikTok, which I'm uh, like, I'm, I've am i been thinking about it like, why did I make a TikTok account? I don't know why you made a TikTok <laughs> I account. I don't know why I made a TikTok account. <laughs> but hey, if you want to, if you want to add us on TikTok, go for it. Yeah, by all means, I'll get the notification. I might, I might respond with something. I don't know. Wow, incredible! I know, riveting. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, eh, give us a nice review. Yeah, yeah, a rating. Yeah, five stars. Say something nice. Yeah. And buy your tickets to go see Jordan Peterson in the three arena soon. No, 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 stop giving money to Jordan Peterson, Roy. You have to stop doing this. We need to, we need to sort this out. We have to stop funding these far right people like Jordan Peterson, okay? Okay. All right. Fine. Tell um, you what, I'll stop the propaganda if you can figure out the two lines from the Tovlo and Jack Jones song. Okay. All right. I'll 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 figure it out. God, this is uh, this is really tense now because if I don't figure it out, you're gonna you're gonna spread Jordan Peterson propaganda. <laughs> yes. Oh God. I uh, we hit the music. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-